Psalms, Poetry, and Counseling on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today, I'm delighted to have uh, my former pastor, Dr. Stephen Yule, uh, with us today. Again, if you recall, he's given us uh, several opportunities to hear from him on the podcast in speaking about the Puritans. He is serving now as the Vice President of Academics in Cambridge, Ontario at the Heritage College and Seminary. Uh, I've learned a great deal from Stephen over uh, the last several years, just through his preaching ministry and his friendship, and I'm delighted that he's here today uh, to talk with us about this subject of psalms, poetry, and counseling. So, so Stephen, when we talk about psalms and poems in counseling, what in the world are we talking about there? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good place to start. Um, you know, we start using those words, songs in particular, poetry, music. And there are lots of different theories out there and approaches to employing these pedagogical devices in a counseling context. Mm. Here's what we're not talking about. We're not talking about a a mode of self-expression that enables Mm. the individual to release the true self. Uh, We're not talking about the synthesis and release of intense emotions caused by a person or experience. Mm. These are some of the common approaches to music and uh, and song and different um, psychological approaches. Uh, we aren't talking about the use of rhythm to tap into powerful nonverbal responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not talking about the use of the abstract nature of poetry to make it easier to take a closer look at painful experiences. And we're most definitely not talking about the use of rattles or gongs mm-hmm. to stimulate vibration that leads to a state of relaxation. Again, these are common approaches in some of the... Uh, psychological schools of thought in our day. Um, mm. when, when we speak of singing, the use of music, the use of uh, song, we are, we are thinking really in terms of what Paul uh, writes in his epistle to the Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Uh, how? He says singing mm. with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we really have this idea of employing song, employing poetry, uh, using hymns and psalms really as a means to bring about God-honoring change. Yeah, so as we think about the God-honoring change that we're after, and we think about poems and songs and poetry uh, to help accomplish that, why are things like this so important? I mean, what, what role does it play, and why should we think about these two things going together? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, there are many answers to that to that question. I think that the principle... Uh, benefits, uses, when it comes to um, thinking in terms of uh, song and poetry in a counseling context. I mean, it's the same really in a corporate context, in many different uh, learning environments. Um, It facilitates memorization. Hmm. Uh, We are to memorize the Word of God, and so uh, it's a very useful pedagogical device. We know that from our children, trying to teach them the books of the Bible Mm -hmm. or trying to teach them other um, facts and figures. Often when we put these things to song, it helps to fix them in our memories and thereby internalize them when it comes to the heart. It, uh, it encourages sanctification. Uh, God's Word is truth, and He sanctifies us by that Word. And so any means we use, again, to uh, fix it in our minds and internalize it in our hearts, uh, bringing that Word then to bear 
different circumstances of life, when we're facing temptation or in the midst of trial, then this becomes a very effective means that the Spirit uses to sanctify us by, by the Word. It's a great means to teach theology, mm-hmm. especially of our hymnology is sound, and we're making use of the Psalms, then we are being exposed to uh, the doctrine of God. We're being exposed to the nature of man and the nature of sin. Themes such as God's providence and God's sovereignty, our eschatological hope, all of these things come up in song, and so are very useful then in terms of uh, affirming doctrine, reinforcing doctrine, and again, I use that word, internalizing doctrine, God's truth. Uh, it expresses emotions. That's an obvious one. Uh, it lifts the heart, poetry. Mm. And we know that from experience. Uh, you probably know this, pastoral experience. I have personally have never gone into a hospital room and never had anyone ask me to read from the book of Leviticus mm-hmm. or the book of Galatians. <laughs> it's always from the book of Psalms. Mm. Why is that? It engages the emotion. Song does that. Poetry does that. It lifts the heart. And uh, that's of extreme importance. Uh, and there are many others. In other words, it cultivates worship. Mm. Uh, song is part and parcel of our praise and thanksgiving. And it's a great way to center our attention on Christ, get our eyes off ourselves, mm-hmm. and fix them where they, they need to be. I mean, we could go on and add to that list, but I think that's, those are the essential mm-hmm. components of, of why we can use it and how we can use it. Uh, that's really helpful to think about how we internalize things, especially when, when words are put to music or uh, poetry, having that rhythm. It helps us to memorize, which is certainly crucial, something that the Scriptures encourage us to do about the truths of God, allowing these words of God, the, the truths about God, to dwell in our hearts richly. Uh, so how do, we, how do we transition that from a theoretical idea? It sounds really great. Uh, give us some examples of what this looks like or uh, what psalms you might use uh, in ministering this way? Yeah, the, the, the whole question of the psalms, I mean, we know there are psalms of lament and psalms of praise and thanksgiving, and um, psalms, uh, you know, the precatory psalms, many different psalms expressing a variety of different emotions. And so familiarizing ourselves with these psalms and making use of them as different contexts arise and we find ourselves in different situations same with our hymnody. I'm, I'm big on this one. And I think maybe the way I was the raised, the, I was raised, the context in which I was raised, but the emphasis on, on hymnody mm. and the songs we sang collectively as a church and the powerful way in which the Lord has used, continues to use those songs at different junctures in, in my life. I can think of a couple of powerful examples and just stanzas from hymns that I have used with others, mm. whether it's dealing with um, sorrow or uh, wrestling with assurance or confronting sin, uh, shaping one's identity in Christ. Mm. You know, I think of John Newton's great hymn, Dear Name, the rock on which I build my shield and hiding place, my never-failing treasure filled with boundless stores of grace, Jesus, my shepherd, brother, friend, my prophet, priest, and king. My Lord, my life, my way, my end, except the praise I bring. It doesn't get any better than that. Mm. I mean, you have there a celebration of the Lord Jesus in his fullness, in his multiple roles, and uh, prophet, priest, king, shepherd, everything else. Mm. And so memorizing something like that and uh, making use of it in our devotions Mm -hmm. and reflecting on what, what do each of those titles mean? And uh, what scriptures shed light on a better appreciation of those titles? And what do each of those titles mean for me Mm. in my current context, my current situation? What does it mean 
He's my brother. Mm. He's my friend. Mm. He's my, my shepherd. I mean, John Newton goes on. He says in that same hymn, uh, My life, my way, my end, accept the praise I bring. Till then I would thy love proclaim. Mm. With every fleeting breath, and may the music of thy name refresh my soul in death. Mm. Here's that eschatological hope, fixing our, our eyes on what is to come, mm-hmm. and fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus. And another great stanza that I have employed on multiple occasions from Augustus Toplady, A debtor to mercy alone, of covenant mercy I sing, nor fear with thy righteousness on my person and offerings to bring. The terrors of law and of God with me can have nothing to do. My Savior's obedience and blood hide all my transgressions from view. Mm. I mean, that is systematic theology 101 Mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christ's passive obedience, his active obedience, and how these are central and pivotal to our understanding of our identity in him and what it means to stand upon his merit and understand that God accepts us not on the basis of our performance, but on the finished work of the Lord Jesus. And so making use of these things, memorizing them and reflecting on them, I have found this to be a great source of encouragement and strength over the years. Man, that just reminds me of the importance of the church to make sure that we're singing solid theological hymnody, mm-hmm. uh, something that in many circles uh, that we see today is, is missing because these are uh, the anchors of our soul, these truths that we sing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to sing certain songs when you're sitting around uh, a loved one who's, who's passing from life into death. Mm-hmm. Having these truths to, to be able to sing out are a comfort to the soul mm-hmm. as we remind ourselves of those promises. But as we talk about counseling, uh, what does this look like when you're in the counseling room? How do we flesh this out? So, so work this out for us. What does this look like to you in how you would use uh, hymnody, uh, poetry, and the Psalms in the counseling room? Well, I mean, as we are engaging with, as I'm engaging with an individual and working through perhaps a particular issue, uh, discussing a certain uh, topic, I think finding a, a hymn, finding a psalm, that speaks to that situation and reinforces the truth that is uh, that that individual needs to uh, embrace and put into practice in life. So it is one thing to identify, okay, here is a here is an issue, here is a biblical remedy, or here is how Scripture speaks to it, and then taking another step and identifying, well, here's a specific ha- hymn, or here's a specific Christian work of poetry, or here is a Here's a hymn, psalm, song, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then having that individual memorize. Um, it's a lost art, memorization, mm-hmm. and I think we're, we're suffering the consequences of it collectively as a church today. But actually having them memorize that scripture, memorize that hymn, and, uh, and use it then daily to reflect upon it, asking that important question, how does this apply mm. to my situation? What truth is this articulating? Um, what is this revealing concerning the Lord Jesus, the particular truth or doctrine that you're, you're seeking to get across? And how does this have a practical bearing in my life today? And um, as they make, connect those dots, make those connections, if it's something then that they've memorized and put to song, then they can recall it and make use of it throughout the day at any time, at any place. It's, um, it just facilitates, puts it right at hand and um, easily accessible so that would be my simple approach to it. it has been in the past, mm. and uh, and certainly again from a personal experience, mm. I've I've gleaned great benefit from it. 
Yeah, and it's it's encouraging that it's a biblical methodology mm-hmm. as well. It's one of the things that we see uh, expressed in times of difficulty and suffering and struggle. Uh, is to to write poetry of truths about the Lord and who He is, and a way of expressing um, our devotion of faith and uh, great anchors. This has been a great conversation for us to have and uh, to think about adding the beauty of the Word and hymnody and the expression of poetry that reminds us of the promises of God. It's been a great conversation as we think about adding to the Counselor's toolbox from the beauty of all that God has to offer uh, in the Psalms and in the hymns of the church. Thank you, Steve for being here with us. Yeah, my pleasure. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I'm so thankful for Dr. Yule and his service uh, at Heritage College and Seminary as the Vice President of Academics. Uh, I want to encourage you as our listeners to pray for the work that he's doing there uh, as they encourage pastors and churches uh, that we could see in Canada a beautiful revival of solid doctrine, solid theology, churches functioning in a way in which they care for the souls of of people, hurting people in difficult situations. I also want to remind you as we think about international expansion, ACBC, the Lord has provided opportunity for us to to move beyond the borders of the United States. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, Even this past year, we see that we have represented uh, 33 different nations that are certified members around the world. And the biblical counseling movement is certainly expanding into Canada. And so maybe for our listeners, we can pause for a moment as you listen to this and pray for what the Lord is doing specifically in Canada and then in other nations of the world that we would see once again uh, the church be the forefront of utilizing the truth of God's word to minister to the broken lives all around them. If you want more information on this subject of poems and poetry and hymnody or other different types of method as we think about counseling, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.